And for the rest of us, I invite you to go to your Bibles. And we go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the word was made through him. The word did not recognize him. This is the word of the God for today. Thanks be to God. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, we come into this space, into this time, thankful for the gift of your word. Your word that reveals your heart for us, that you would come for us, that you sent your son, that we might know him, and that we might know you through him. Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see our ears, that we would hear. Open our minds that we come to know and understand your word, our hearts, that we would feel its power. Then in response, I pray, O God, that you would open our hands, that we as your people would offer grace to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Just a simple question to begin today. What kind of Christmas light people are you? What color Christmas light people are you? For all of you out there who are white light only people, raise your hands. White light only people. Oh, so you're, yeah, so there's a lot more of you than, like there's a lot of half hands here. Uh, so, so, so I don't know if, if you think there's a critique on you, uh, but, but, but then there's Patricia over here. Uh-huh, testify, white lights all the way. Hey, uh, all right, so now, how many of you are colored like Christmas people? Colored like Christmas people. Tim Rogers has two hands in the air, okay? We got, we got a double hand. But, but I, want, I want you to know some of y'all think you're colored like people, but you're actually like kind of pretending, okay? How many of those colored light people are really only two colors of light people? Like you get the, the red and the white, and that's it. And it looks so pretty because it's so orderly and organized, and it's every other. We had a couple over here. Yeah, so, so uh, two color people, uh, you might as well just be white light people because like the, you, you're, not, you're not fully, fully embracing. But, but then the reality is the only critique in the room, I'm not even going to make you raise your hands, but how many of you are no light people? Okay, yeah. So, so some, <laughs> some of you are like, I'm not doing all that. Uh, you know, I put up my tree and I light my tree, but I'm not lighting the house. Like, uh, I love Christmas lights on the outside of homes, particularly. I remember growing up, a part of our family tradition was loading up in that Dodge Caravan, you know, the old uh, powder blue one with the sliding door that never worked. You had to kind of lift it up and get it to shut. Uh, yeah, we, we would drive around neighborhoods uh, and, uh, and find the best Christmas light neighborhoods. And, and I love that some neighborhoods are just known as Christmas light neighborhoods. Like there are some neighborhoods in Houston, there's one down in the, in the kind of South Tomball, North Cypress area. Like if you move in the neighborhood, you sign a contract, you are going to participate. Like it's serious business. But now like you have all the cheat codes, you just go to Santa's Wonderland, right? Like uh, you don't actually uh, have to go through neighborhoods anymore. You go pay $155 per person. <laughs> Uh, you, you pawn uh, your, your wedding ring and you go see Christmas lights. Uh, 
Uh, and, and, you know, if, if, that, if that doesn't work, you could just go to, you know, you could take the cheaper version. You go to Splashtown. I highly recommend it. Splashtown Christmas lights for the win. There's something about Christmas where everything we do, from gifts to candy canes, yes, even Christmas lights, are symbolic. The reason why we do it matters. The reason why we light up the night sky with our homes and with our communities is to remind us that we come into this season so that we might receive yet again that light of the world that is Jesus Christ himself. It's beauty, it's wonder, it's majesty, and it's the light that shines in the darkness. Verse 9 uh, uh, that we read, by the way, Dario only read two verses, and you're going to catch a, a trend over the course of, of this Advent uh, season that we're kind of resting in the Gospel of John chapter 1, that, that, that this Gospel of John uh, introduction to Jesus, Jesus coming into the world is, is unique and different from, uh, from Luke and from Matthew, and it stands as as poetry and articulates meaning and purpose and, and invites us deeper into knowledge of who Jesus is. But that verse 9, it says, Jesus is true light that gives light to everyone. Jesus is true light that, that this offering of light uh, can shine for everyone. And have you ever like wondered, for those of us who have sight, how you would describe light to someone who's blind. I mean, think about it. Close your eyes. And that is the entirety of your, uh, of your vision. And now we open our eyes and we think about, well, what's the difference? How do you describe light to someone who's never seen light? Uh, you might begin with a word like radiant. You might say that, 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 uh, that light allows things to be radiant. And I might describe a moment where I've seen a sunrise uh, when I was at Big Bend uh, State Park. And, and the light comes up over the horizon. And as it begins to shine, it ra it's radiant and colors pop and details spark. And you're able to perceive the intricacy of the setting. Would that help? Is that a start to describe light? Maybe light is radiant. That light also is comforting. I mean, think about it. Light is indeed comforting. How many of our kids or how many of us uh, ha like a little night light? Or, or, you know, when it's truly entirely dark, feel a sense of anxiety or discomfort. And you're wondering as a child or as uh, in your recollection, uh, what is there in the midst of the darkness? And so when the light comes on, when, you, when your kid calls for you and says, Dad, Mom, uh, I need you. And they say, turn on the light. I want to be sure. That light, it brings comfort because it brings clarity. Clarity on, on reality, uh, truth and an understanding of what is real and what is imaginary, what is in our heads and what is actually there. Light is comforting. Light is also warm. 
There's something about light, particularly the light from the sun or the light from a fire, that as we experience the visual glow, we also experience the physical glow, that it's warm, that it's rich, that as the sun rises and begins to touch our face and our skin, we feel its warmth. Or when we sit by the campfire, we could sense its warmth radiating for us. How would you describe light to one who's been blind? Well, verse 9 uh, lays this out that this is true light. That, that it's, not, it's not a fake light. It's a true light. And you begin to wonder, is this true light that's being discussed literal or figurative? Is it metaphorical or is it actual? And, and, and I want to put before you that I think that this true light that verse 9 articulates is both literal and figurative. The figurative is a little bit easier for us to describe. I'll do that one second. Literal, I believe, is, uh, is, is uh, in the depth of this understanding of who Jesus is and who God is for us as well that this true light in the world is literal. I think in verse uh, in, in the, the book of Genesis, at the very beginning of our Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, we hear of the, the, the power of God's presence to bring light, that at his very word, light exists. But before him, before his entrance into that space, there is no light. Here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. So before God moved into this space, utter darkness, blindness, void. And then the Spirit of God hovered over the water and God said, let there be light. And there was light. At, at God's word, at God's uh, intersection with the space, light uh, became present and bestowed its radiance, its comfort, its warmth over all of creation. This light came in to being through God. But I, I don't want to only stop there. This is the true light that enters the world. And, and we hear of it and we understand uh, this true light uh, as Jesus. And we wonder, well, is Jesus actually literally light as well? Well, in Mark chapter 9, verses 2 and 3, we hear the beginning of the story of the transfiguration. This is Jesus uh, gathering with three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. He takes them up on top, on top of a mountain, and here's how these few verses read. Mark 9, verses 2 and 3. After six, six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, led them up a high mountain where they were alone, and there he was transfigured before, him, before them. His clothes... His very essence, his body became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Jesus was transfigured. Now, in this space, it's as though the disciples were able to now see Jesus for who Jesus actually was. That Jesus was visible, visibly now 
uh, not only man but also divine. He always and evermore will be fully God and fully man. But in this transfiguration moment, uh, he stripped off the, the visible clothes of man and exemplified for his disciples that he is actually fully God, divine glory of God, radiating and shining for all to see. He is literally light as the glory of the Lord shines in him. And he is figuratively light as well. You see, darkness, darkness represents culturally and throughout history as, as brokenness, as sin and, and despair. And we understand kind of the weightiness of darkness, that darkness can breed anxiety and discomfort. Uh, and so we describe things that are off or off-putting, uh, that are painful, and we describe them as dark. And then we describe, we describe those things that bring joy, that bring healing, that bring holiness as light. And so Jesus is true light. The very essence of God radiating his presence in the world. And he is figurative yet still absolutely true light that brings healing and wholeness for all. This, this statement is bold in verse 9. Jesus is true light that gives light to everyone. This offering of light, this availability of light, this opportunity to recognize light and receive light is there for everyone. For you and for me, for those that are near and for those that are far off, for those that feel the hope and for those that, for whom it feels hopeless. This is available for everyone. It's available for everyone through Jesus. Maybe we could think about it um, through the, the lens of photography. By the way, I didn't mean that pun. Ba, ba, ba. Through the lens of photography. Um, and maybe we could imagine uh, what uh, photographers are trying to achieve with light. Think about it with me. Everything for a photographer with light is, is couched in two uh, frames of reference. The first would be quality and the second would be placement. Quality and placement. Now, now, the quality of the light is so important, right? How many people love to take pictures under fluorescent lighting? No? No one? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hideous. Fluorescent lighting is, is going to make your hair look green. Your teeth are going to look weird. Uh, I mean, your skin's going to be discolored. Fluorescent lighting is abhorrent. Um, but, but then a photographer, they're going to spend thousands of dollars. A really good one is going to spend thousands of dollars on fake light to try to make it look natural. They're going to try to make fake look real or true. You know, they're trying to emulate that moment of the sunrise or the sunset, that most natural, uh, beautiful light. But the fake is always going to be less optimal, suboptimal for the natural and for the true. 
And so the good news for us is that Jesus is the true light. There is nothing fake about it. And and there are so many uh, things in this world that will try to sell you on healing and wholeness and holiness uh, uh, that these things are going to be able to establish in you that joy and that peace and that hope that you are seeking. But the reality is every single time those things will come up short because they are not the true light. They are fake light. And so we have the the highest quality of light available to us, and his name is Jesus. He's available in that present way. In him, there is no blemish of sin. In him, there is no brokenness. He is here as the true light. Photographers look for the quality of light, and they also look for the placement of light. The placement of light is essential because if they were to put their light down at your feet and shine it up your nostrils, you're going to have some really weird shadows. Uh, I mean, can you imagine uh, all of the different angles that light could be at that's going to like shadow your face in all of these different ways and make you look like Skeletor? Any of you ever had a picture like that? Uh, Not that I have. Um, And I'm always astounded at not just the shadows, but also the glare. For me, as someone who wears glasses, pictures are so difficult because the photographer is going to try to get their lighting just right so the glare in my glasses goes away. (gasps) Pause. Stop. That's what the, the photographer does. Stop. Right there. So that the glare will not uh, mess up the picture. So that placement of light for a photographer is to come just from above. Right? Just from above. Not behind. Not beside. Not below. Just from above. Well, the good news we have in, in this passage of Scripture, this, this witness of who Jesus is, that the true light gives light to everyone, uh, and he did so by coming into the world, that his placement now is not from far away and, and not from behind in history. Uh, he is here absolutely present, that from heaven he came to earth, from above he came to be present with, and he now is providing a, a holistic light so that there is clarity and uh, availability for us in every way to be one with him. The placement of Jesus as the light is from above for each and every one as individuals. And then the opportunity still rests for us for him to even live within. Him to live within so that this true light uh, that is available is now uh, shining through you for the world, for others to see. So that it's not just uh, something that we encounter in God's word and not just something that we encounter in gatherings, but it's also something we encounter in each other. That God's light shines through you for others when you receive him in your life. Uh, a couple months ago, uh, my wife was so uh, thoughtful. Um, she uh, saw that I was having a lot of uh, a lot of stress and was working a little bit too hard, and so she got me uh, an opportunity. She gifted me an opportunity that I would never have thought of purchasing for myself. She got me a gift card for a place called Blissful Waters. Blissful Waters is. Um, like a sensory deprivation 
float. Uh, evidently, no one here has ever done one because, like, like everybody's looking at me like, what the heck are you talking about, dude? Like, uh, I, I get it. Uh, I was like that, too. She gifted it to me, and I had to do a little research and think, what kind of mess am I getting into? The reality is, um, so you go into this space, and it's like, it's, it's, a, it's an ideal uh, I, uh, it's an idea around relaxation. And so you get inside this tank and there's water that's like super high salt water so that you float. And then in this tank, there's no noise and there's no light and you sit there and float in the water. And so it's like, oh, I, I see people testifying. I ain't doing that. You ain't putting me in the tank. No, no. <laughs> I was a little bit like that originally, but then I said, it's a gift from the bride. You got to try it. So I went and I laid there and here's the deal. You cannot see anything. Now they have like a, a, an, a button you could push for like the emergency light or whatever, <laughs> like <laughs> press one for help. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, so, so they, they, they have that emergency light, but I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going all the way. Uh, I'm not going halfway. And so I lay there in this pitch black darkness and my mind's like, what in the world am I doing? And I'm floating and, and it's like sensory deprivation and it's a clearing of the mind and an emptying of the mind. And the reality is that was the darkest spot I have ever been in in my life. Darker than any dark closet, darker than any night I have ever walked through. It was pitch black. Might I even say absolute darkness. Some of us have experienced recently or in the last year or maybe even in the last week some absolute darkness. Where there's a sense of hopelessness. There's a sense of brokenness, and there is a growing conviction or a wondering if there can ever be light again. Maybe it's almost as though you've been walking in darkness so long that you wonder if light even exists or if you would be able to describe it aptly. Hear the good news. No matter how dark the dark is for you, how dark it is today or how dark it has been in the past or what darkness the future has in store for you, none of that has any power over you because you have the true light that is Jesus Christ our Lord coming into the world for you. In him, there is no darkness at all. For him, the night is like day. It's radiant and comforting and warm, and it's available for you and for me at all times, in all places, in all situations. It never fails. It never gives up. It never taps out. It is always victorious, and it will and can be victorious in your life right now, today. My prayer is that whatever darkness you're going through, as you meet Jesus through his word and through community fellowship today, you see his light and receive it. Know of his grace and his love for you. 
and you find the truth, the truth that he is with you and he will never forsake you. Jesus is the artisan in the paint, the author in the page, the architect in the plan. God, the creator, come down to be with us in creation as light for all, for you and me. Receive it. Be transformed by it. And shine it to the world in need of it. I lift this up in Jesus' name. Would you pray with me? Father, we celebrate the truth of your light, the goodness that we experience in you through your Son. And so, Lord, I pray in this space and in this time, uh, you would uh, remind us of your light, that you would comfort us, that you would give us warmth from within, Lord, and shine your light on our lives. Thank you for, uh, for moments that we can look back on in life where you, have, uh, where you have shined through others around us. And thank you, Lord, for those moments in life where we could look back and we could see how you have shined your light through us. Lord, give us more of that. Multiply that. Let it be exponential in this season. Lord, let us uh, look out into your world and know that you have come as light for all, even, yes, for us. And Lord, as we continue in worship and we enter into this time of offering, I pray that you would bless this offering, that you would bless these gifts, that they would have a transforming impact on the world around us, Lord, and bless these givers as well, that each of us should know the joy of what it means to give something up, just as you gave your very son up for us as light for the world. So I pray, God, that you would bless this offering and be glorified in and through it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.